Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Let's uh, open up our Bibles to Romans chapter number eight and uh, jump in there and just again remind ourselves of, uh, of the uh, truth of this passage of scripture. And then we're going to jump into some specific areas tonight that will be a help to us and remind ourselves of our goal. So Romans 8 and verse number 37, I want you to read it all out loud together with me as soon as you get there. Once you get there, uh, maybe look up this way, shout hallelujah, something, right? All right, you all there? Say amen. All right, let's read it together. Ready, begin. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And God's people said... Amen. That's a fact. That's not debatable. That's who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're certainly very grateful for that standing that we have in him. And so as we talk this morning, our goal that we prayed on and knelt across this auditorium with was this. Our goal is to radically increase our personal understanding and our experience of conquering through Christ over sin and over every obstacle that hinders us from fully obeying the will and the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every sin, every obstacle. Now, those obstacles can be practical, they can be spiritual, they can be tangible, uh, but whatever it is, whatever is in the way of us saying yes to God and yes to his will, we need to believe God in that area, in that exact instance, and say, by God's grace, we're going to experience the conquering, the triumph of the Lord Jesus Christ in that area. So that is our goal. And God has impressed upon my heart as I've considered this just several areas for our church family that we need to see the Lord collectively uh, give us the victory in and give us triumph in. And as we, as we consider those tonight, I want you to first hear them as matters of prayer. But as well, be very quick to say, Lord, it, this, I see this in your word and I, I want to follow through. So Lord, help me to be someone that's a team player, that is on board, that says, Lord, what can I do? Now, it might mean that we have to, we might have to adjust some things in our own personal life. We might need to adjust some thinking, or it might hit us and we might say, you know, I don't know that I like the sound of that, and, and, and it might just be that I need to, before I speak, spend some time in prayer. Now, can I get an amen on that? Sometimes we're very ready to say something because it's new, or it's not something that we're used to, and we, or something that we've not experienced yet, and we don't take it to the Lord in prayer. Do you know that, that my heart is not to lead us anywhere that the Lord does not want us to go? So that being the case, knowing that you have a pastor that's not trying a new thing every week, right? Are you all sure of that? You all, you're all, you're all with me on that? You're not trying a new fad. You haven't heard me, you haven't heard me taking something from, you know, I get constant mailers and emails, grow your church this way, do it this way, do it this way. I, I, I hear it all. You don't see me trying every little thing. You've seen me constantly calling us back to soul winning, the preaching of the word, doing things according to the Bible. So as we consider that tonight, 
perhaps the, the, the mode of our heart needs to be, Lord, pastor said some interesting things tonight, but I'm going to pray on it. Rather than I'm going to go around and, and, and try, to, try to shape the opinion or gather a, a following, I'm going to pray on it. I'm going to pray on it. So here's what I, I want us to do. I want us to go into tonight with, some, with a heart of prayer. With Lord, what do you want for our church? Because we want what you want. We want what you want. And so as we do that, I believe that we'll have unity. Now, God wants to conquer everything in our, in, in our lives. He wants to conquer every sin. Lust, he wants to conquer fear. He wants to conquer unbelief. He wants to conquer, hear me now, fruitlessness. He wants to conquer fruitlessness in our, in our lives. He wants to conquer prejudice. He wants to conquer lukewarmness and apathy. He wants to conquer or wants us to experience his conquering or his triumph of the fear of man. And there's a lot of that to go around today, isn't there? Well, did you hear what they said? Jesus has already conquered it. He wants to conquer every spiritual attack and he wants to lead us to experience his victory, his making it a reality, his destruction of Satan's works. He wants us to experience that. And I believe we're going to, that sometimes it is a matter, like we said this morning, it's a matter of trusting and obeying. But Lord, I've never been there before. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And sometimes we've not experienced his triumph because we have not trusted and we have not obeyed. Are you with me tonight? And so we have to take that step. That's what this, this theme, that's what this burden is all about. Take the step. Some people will live their whole lives confined to their own limitations, never experiencing the grandness, the largeness, and the, the limitless possibilities of God. God does not work, does not want to be confined to our boxes. One of the most powerful books that I have read is a testimony of a man, and it's written by Nick Ripkins, and it's entitled The Insanity of God. And we think that God's not working and can't work. He's, he's bound to man's, uh, man's uh, dictates and all these things. And, and it's amazing as we just say, you know what, God, we're just going to follow you. Who would have thought that the Aka Indians would have come to Christ? But one day, Elizabeth Elliot says, I'm going to go to the very people who killed my husband and his four friends, and I'm going to give them the gospel. You know what? Without her being willing to obey God and go, there would have been no salvation to the Alka Indians. Perhaps God would have used someone else. I was talking to Brother Brian Treadway this week, who's coming for the soul winning seminar. I'm grateful for how many have signed up already. If you've not signed up today, you should. And he was saying the ministry that he's involved in has no footprint in Papua New Guinea. He was burdened about this, and he was, he was really troubled because he had been a missionary in Papua New Guinea and gotten malaria like some 15 times. And doctors said if he goes back, he'll not. He'll not, be, uh, he'll not likely survive it. But God told him in his heart, he says, you're the man that I want to go to Papua New Guinea and enlarge this footprint. He, he had to bow before the Lord and just submit this to the Lord because it was a struggle for him because he's realizing I'm taking my life in my hands. No, I'm putting my life in God's hands. He says he surrendered to it and God has given him peace. 
later this year. He's going to be going to Papua New Guinea to follow the Lord. You know that, what that is? That is trusting and obeying the Lord, and you'll see the victory when you do that. You can claim his victory when we do that. We have to be willing to do that individually and as a church together. And I know that the Lord has been working in my heart for months concerning certain issues that that we need to take steps in as a church and that i need to lead as a pastor and i need your prayer desperately to do that that god would give me the boldness the confidence and even the the toughness of skin when 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 it isn't always the most popular thing to do because not everyone likes to be encouraged along sometimes. Sometimes believers are a little bit like, come on, let's, let's, let's go. And we get very comfortable in our own little area. And, you know, come on, let's go, let's go. And sometimes the pastor comes in and he feels like, hey, this is just a, another, another one of those, I'm going to challenge them to do this. And, and it's out of a heart of love. But, you know, sometimes the pastor will be like, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm just kind of... I'm tired, of, I'm tired of saying that over and over and over again, but you never pray the pastor has some, some tough skin and an anointing from the Holy Spirit to continue to lead us and to plan as we go forward. So our goal is to radically increase our understanding and experience of conquering through Christ. That's our goal. That's our goal. That's our prayer. God wants to do that. I believe that with all my heart. He wouldn't put Romans 8 in the scriptures if it was not for us uh, to, uh, to see. So what are these areas that, that we're looking at? You have your vision guide open in front of you, and they're, they're all there. There's no blanks to follow in, but I'm going to give life to what is on the page in front of you by God's grace. And first of all, the area that we need to give attention to and we need to see God do wonderful, uh, wonderful works in and give us triumph in is the matter of winning souls. Could I hear an amen to that? Winning souls. Now, as I say that, I, I know there is, a, there is a myriad of thoughts that run through the mind that, that go, oh yeah, well, we've tried that before, and people just aren't coming to the Lord, and it's a hard, hard, a hard place to minister to. Don't you know this is a Catholic area predominantly, and people are just stuck on themselves. They all have a church they go to, They're all, and we have all these different things. And you know what those are? Circumstances. God is still saving souls and i want you to go to the book of luke for a moment and i want you to see something here that's very powerful luke 5 and verse number 10 and so was also james and john the sons of zebedee which were partners with simon and jesus said unto simon fear not from henceforth thou shalt catch men all right simon you have been a fisher of of fish you've that's the way that you've made your living but from now on i am going to lead you to catch men other place in matthew he told them follow me and i will make you a fisher of men so following jesus christ will result in us being a fisher of men not following Jesus Christ, we will not fish. If we are not having a heart to follow Jesus Christ, we will not have a heart for the lost. You cannot have a love relationship with Jesus Christ and not have a love for the lost. I'm sorry, if you do not have a love for the lost, you do not have a vibrant love for Christ. It is just, it's just there. Maybe right there, you just need to say, God, I need your help. And your first focus is not to get a burden for souls, it's to get in love with Jesus again. Lord, I need you. 
Now, Luke chapter 5 and verse number 10 tells us that Simon was told by Jesus, fear not. Why did he say that? Because he was afraid. Fear not, Simon. I got this, right? I got this. He's got this. All right, fear not. From henceforth you shall catch men. Now, he did not say you're going to go on fishing trips like it would be to go with me fishing. I never catch anything. I can throw things in the water. They might stay in the water. The hooks might stay in the water, but I don't get anything out of the water. I think the last time I caught something was when I was like 12. I don't like fishing. It's not, it's not awesome to me at all. I mean, it, it is, it, it's just not awesome. How many of you love fishing? Okay, very good. Do you catch something? Yeah, okay, I don't. But the thing is, Jesus is not saying, hey, Simon, you're going to go fishing for the rest of your life. You're going to go preaching the gospel for the rest of your life, but sorry, you're not going to catch anything. No, he says, from henceforth, you're going to catch men. Friends, the whole point of Jesus commissioning us in this world right now is to catch men. And why is it that we don't see the catching of men? Is it God's fault? Did the gospel break? The gospel works every time the gospel is given. And friends, you and I need to be more proactive at giving the gospel. And now here's what happens. Many times in our lives, we give up because we gave the gospel once, one time, years ago, and it didn't work. And I shouldn't say it didn't work. They didn't receive it. They rejected the message and were like, well, you know, it just doesn't work anymore. We need to be giving the gospel everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Waking up in the morning, Lord, where can I go fishing today? Uh, you're going to have me in that store? Can I go fishing? Uh, I, I'm going to have tracks in my hand. I'm not even going to have them in a, a pocket somewhere, so I have to do one of those you know, awkward trying to grab the track. I want to give you something. Hold on. You know, I, I, no, I'm going to have the track in my hand. I'm going to be ready with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to give it to the first person that I have a connection with, and uh, I'm going I'm to just be looking for that. And so he says, I, you're going to catch men. Come after me. I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. I will make you a fisher of men. And so we envision... And this is a prayer. But we envision you personally experiencing victory in your personal witnessing for Jesus Christ and becoming a spirit-filled soul seeker. That's my heart. That's my prayer. That every person here tonight, every person in our church would, would experience victory, triumph, Christ's triumph in personally witnessing, giving the gospel telling people about Jesus Christ, and that you would see his soul saved. Can you imagine? Do you thirst for that? This year, you seeing someone come to the Lord Jesus Christ, snatched from hell's fire, you this year seeing that happen in your life, and you this year having this burden that, that I so love Jesus, I want others to know him, so I'm going to seek souls wherever I go. Wherever I go. Well, I'm going to the store. That's a soul winning trip. I, I'm going to work. That's a soul winning trip. The tow truck driver has to come pick up my car. That's a soul winning trip. Everywhere we go is a soul winning trip. That's what we need to be thinking constantly. Lord, where am I going to be fishing today? Where am I going to be fishing today? Now, as we think about this matter, we, we need to be very diligent not to make it just a, program, a programmatic thing where, where I fish only when the church goes out soul winning. I think we should be involved together as a church family, working together to win this city and this area. Do you agree with me? Some of you? 
All right? Every day of your life is a soul-winning opportunity. Every day of your life. So together as a church and individually, we need to be hot soul winners for the Lord Jesus Christ. Going after it. On fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we consider that, some of our goals as, as a church, we're, I'm going to restate some things. Some things might be a little bit new, but I'm going to restate some things. My goal is to make sure that you always have good gospel material in your, available here at the church. Brother Ron was out there this morning passing out tracts. Did you take some? Do you have some tracts ready to go? Are you a ready witness for this week? Quality gospel materials so that you can, uh, you can be witnessing uh, as you go and as we go out as a church or as you go in your daily life that you have those quality gospel tracks. The good news is one of them that I love, uh, I love having available here because it is a clear presentation of the gospel. Outreach cards such as be, um, be our guest cards that are out there in the track racks. They're out there for us to use. I encourage you to be uh, ready with them at all times. And so as well, I want to always have available to you, and I want you to know this, that we have available at our website online resources that'll help you uh, witnessing. At the bottom of my email, every email that, um, that goes out from me has an invitation to receive the book done. Every email. I don't, you, get, you get my email, you're going to get an invitation. Every email has that in my signature. Why? Because I want to win whoever's getting my email. So it links right to our website. Uh, and, and I want to encourage you to think. We live in a digital age. God has given us technology. Where can you get gospel information out? We have it at our website. Right at our website under resources is, is the Dunn book. Uh, the Dunn book there is a, a gift for you. It is there in, in different languages. It's there as an audiobook, an ebook, Kindle, Chinese, Spanish, and Romanian. It's all there, right available for you. It's, it's there for you to use and to send, uh, to send to people and to be a blessing to them in that way. As well as our website, under the About tab, under Jesus, just simply Jesus, is our My Stories, those that have uh, finished our, uh, the My Story uh, 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 video and the tracks, they are there at that, that part of the website, as well as Caleb Garraway put together a 15-minute gospel presentation, fully cinematic gospel presentation, wonderfully done, very powerful presentation. It is there, and then there's a gospel explanation down below there with a link over to the Dunn, on the Dunn book. So that is there at our website. It's a witnessing tool. You can link that in your email. You say, I don't know how to do that. Uh, ask somebody. Ask one, of the, ask one of the young people, or ask one of the uh, the, the millennials, they'll, they'll help you out. But uh, whatever, whatever it is, get, use those opportunities. You're on Facebook. Use these opportunities. Share it with your friends. Listen, how far do people have to scroll to get to know you before they find out that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Constantly be putting it out there. Encouraging others to do that. And so, as well as is in noted in your uh, in your uh, guide there tonight, there is a, a, a digital track called the Commission, uh, the Commission app that goes through uh, uh, Salvation Explained. It also explains baptism. You can keep prospects there, and you can use that that Commission app uh, as a digital track. I, I, every everyone now has their phone with them anymore, right? And so there are times that I'm caught without a track. I don't like that, but here it is. So I have, I have made it so that, that there are ways for me to share it right from my phone. 
I keep a hot link on my, on my, uh, uh, my, my screen so I can share it, airdrop it to people and uh, share it with people. And some of you say, this is going right over my head. You keep using the gospel tracks, let the next generation use the, um, the digital things, and, and we'll all be good. We'll all just reach who, uh, who we can. And, but, but understand, folks, I, I am serious about this. Every church should have generations in it. So you can't just expect me to speak to your generation and stay back. Uh, stay back. There, there's two generations in the church, right? Are you with me on this? Right? And you ought, there ought to be no resentment about that at all. We ought to glory in that, right? You know, I'm going to say something here. Pastor Shaw's church is looking for a pastor over in West Virginia. You know, there's a lot of young guys that won't go pastor. They're afraid. And that's a sad thing. Listen, the church has to be a matter of, the church has to be blended in its generations. It's important. And the way that you, you minister to your generation is a little bit different than how the next generation will minister. Just tools and methods, same Jesus, praise God. <laughs> same, same gospel. But so I want to encourage you about using that. Uh, whatever you use, be ready with the, uh, with the gospel. And so I encourage you in that way. I want, and this is one of our goals, to train, equip, and engage every available member in personal soul winning. That is what the soul winning conference is all about here in a couple weeks. We want to do that together. We want to be together in the soul winning conference. I urge you to be there. And this is not by design. I'm going to tell you this story. I was in a conference and God was working in my heart. He was smiting my heart. Every time I get in preaching, the Lord would say, uh, Kagan, you have let down some things as far as soul winning at the church. Oh, Lord. I don't know. I hear this from them, and I you know, hear the critics, and you know, I hear this, and there's always an excuse. And boy, it just doesn't seem like, and, and I'm, I'm having all these, these conversations with the Lord. So every time I go and sit under preaching, the Lord would say, Hey, Kagan, uh, you're letting some things down. And about the time I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do something, but I don't know what to do. About that time, they're, the, uh, they, they're having all the pastors there at this conference uh, stand up and introduce themselves. And the pastor I knew of, didn't know well, but knew of, stands up and says, uh, yes, now I've, I've uh, moved from pastoring, and I, now I am leading Operation Go, and I just make it my full-time job to go around and help churches uh, get people ready to, to share the gospel. Well, Lord, I've, I've done soul winning training and I, I, I've encouraged people to hear me, they hear me week in and week out, but boy, would you, would you want him to come and, and, and help our people? So I went up to him after the service and said, I don't know if the Lord's in this yet, but I'd like to pray about it. Do you have some time? And he says, I, I do. And, and that's how that came to be. You know what that is? It's just the Lord saying, all right, okay, again, I'll help you if you take the step. And so January 22nd is a step for me to lead us to obey the Lord. It's all this. It's all this. And we either all say yes, or we go like this. No, we've tried it before. No, let's just uh, jump in and, and, and ask the Lord to work in our hearts together at the, at the Soul Winning Seminar. So sign up tonight. Don't leave before you sign, uh, sign up tonight. You'll get a workbook and so on uh, that will be a help, uh, help to you. And so this matter of winning souls, we want to we make sure that we are uh, engaging and equipping and training every available member. If you're willing, we want uh, to train you especially there. And then I want to say this, along with that, after that, we're gonna, I'm still praying about some things, but I, 
I, I, I want to, as a church, reestablish a weekly soul winning time. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Okay, so this is one of those areas that you might say, I don't know. I can't get away from it, friends. You hear my stories. I'm doing my best to witness everywhere I go. I'm going to be um, starting to go witnessing once a week at an off time with Brother Pete Davison. Once in our area, every other week, uh, he'll come to my area, and I'll go to his area, and we'll go back and forth, and we're just going to stay connected that way around soul winning. Rather than sit down and drink coffee, we're going to go soul winning together. And we're going to keep each other just encouraged in that, in that way. So that, that's a different time. But, but I'm saying we as a church need to get back. You say, well, we're so busy. If we're too busy to, um, to focus on souls, we're too busy. But here's the thing, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being straightforwardly honest. I need a church, I need the church to say, we're going to get together on this. We're going to go forward on this. If I don't say this, I'm in disobedience to the Lord. I, I cannot shake it, I've been, I've been dealing with it for, for months. And I will take responsibility for backing that off the calendar a couple of years ago, and COVID didn't help us. I'll take full responsibility. But there are, some, there are some wide open opportunities for us as a church to go forward and seek the Lord's, uh, seek the Lord's help uh, and, and win souls. A farmer does not sow seed here and there. Can you imagine what a farmer would, you know, I'm just going to sow some seed there and seed there and seed there. Can you imagine? No, he systematically sows seed. Go up this row, go up this row, and he systematically sows seed, and then he goes and reaps a harvest. We sometimes do soul winning like this. There's a city here with 56,000 people in it, 20-some 20, uh, 20 thousand doors. 38% of those that are affiliated with church, which is about half of Kettering, that's only half of Kettering, so one in every, out of every two people you meet in Kettering is unaffiliated with a church. Isn't that pretty amazing? So there are all these doors that we need to systematically be going after. Well, we've tried that before. Do you know what? If we'll sow the seed, we can leave the, uh, the, the issue of the increase up to God. But if we're not sowing the seed, we cannot expect an increase. Are you with me? We cannot. How much seed have we sown this year? I can tell you we had some goals last year. And we we need to really step up as a church. And so we might say, now, I, I, I get it. Some are not physically able to do that. There are other ways for you to do that, uh, to be a part of this, and I will talk about that. But every available member needs to be embracing this, saying, God, we're going to, we're going to learn this. I'm going to go to January 22nd, I'm going to learn this, and I'm going to be a part of uh, uh, sowing the seed. And others will water, but God gives the increase. Sowing must happen if God is going to give the increase. They went house to house in the book of Acts, Acts 5 and verse 40, um, 42, and daily in the temple. So they were gathering in a place like, uh, like this, and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. All the time. They're preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. And so I, I would like us even to pray about this. I need some help in the, the organization of this. It, it takes work to keep a soul winning program 
going and going efficiently. And sometimes I'm here and I'm here and there and, and everywhere and it falls through the crack and there's, it's a little discouraging. You know, come, uh, come to that time. It's so, so very important. I, I'm gonna, I need you to pray about that matter. I need some, uh, a person who is, who is directable. I need a person who has the heart for souls that it's not something that has to be coaxed. And I need a, a, a person that is just desiring, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a part of this. I, I want to be that soul and uh, help and organizing that soul winning. And so these are things that we need to step forward in. Number, uh, number four, to deliver welcome packets. Here's, uh, here is the, the area where those that may not be able to go door to door and, 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 and sustain that, but you can deliver welcome packets to the new move-ins in our area. We get them every single month. And those need to be put together. There's some that can come to church and help put them together. And that's a great thing. But those are people coming into our area. Uh, what about uh, this? We all can get involved in the different outreach events. There are going to be two new outreach events in February, kind of in the middle of the winter, that are going to be helpful for us to all bind around. One for women, one for men. Here it is. Uh, the first one for uh, women is called Coffee and Canvas. If you want to drink tea, fine. There'll be tea there. Whatever. Coffee and canvas, just name. Uh, Miss, uh, Miss Wendy Webb, uh, Pastor Webb's uh, wife from over at Cornerstone, has uh, been doing these, uh, and she does them at different churches, but she, uh, she comes in, and she will, she will completely uh, bring in the supplies, and she will have the talk and so forth, but it is a wonderful opportunity for ladies to gather together in kind of a fun way. Canvas, I think you can kind of catch the idea of painting and, and so on. So coffee and canvas, no, you don't have to be a professional painter, just come and enjoy it. But know this, you can invite somebody to that, and it's a little bit different outreach. It isn't an outreach where, you, you, you know, it isn't, it isn't like a, uh, you know, an Easter Sunday and so forth. This is more something that you invite somebody. Now, there is some cost involved in this. It's $20, uh, $20 per person. You might say, hey, I'll, I got this. I got a friend. I'm going to invite them. I got this. And, but there's going to be snacks there and, uh, and refreshments. There's uh, going to be the, uh, the, the painting. And so it'll just be kind of a, a fun ladies, uh, ladies event um, on that February the 17th at 6 p.m. And so that is an outreach event, a little bit different outreach event, but it is an event for uh, you all to get behind, and ladies especially. So invite your friends, your, your neighbors. Uh, you know, isn't it kind of easy? Hey, come with me to Coffee and Canvas. You know, that, that's kind of an easy thing to do. And so, guys, we've been uh, talking about this uh, since the, uh, men's, uh, the men's conference, and so we're going to do a wild game dinner the next week for the guys, all right? And all the guys said? Yeah. All right, now, listen, <laughs> I didn't get that from the ladies, by the way. I didn't get the, yoo-hoo, you know, anything like that from the ladies with coffee and canvas. But the guys, let's do that again. We're going to have a wild game dinner. Guys? Yeah. Okay, so... And there you go. And, you know, and I, I just thought the picture's uh, fitting. But we're going to uh, go down to Jungle Gems. Uh, we're going to get some good, uh, good wild game. That I know some, uh, some other wild games going to be uh, donated. And we'll have some um, prizes. And again, there's a, there's, a, uh, there's a price for that. Now, here's part of it. Uh, guys and, and ladies, you might not understand this, but guys like to contribute. They don't like to be free. Uh, you know, they don't like to feel like they're 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 mooching or they're they're you know getting something for nothing. So they like to contribute. So uh, part of uh, part of that is just give an opportunity. Hey, we're going along, and you might you might say, hey, uh, I I got half of it for you or whatever. But uh, again, 
uh, we're going to have some door pr uh, some prizes, some on draw on drawings there. Uh, there is uh, there is talk, and I need guys' help in getting this all together. But there's talk of a of a, a hatchet throwing or knife throwing uh, that's going on. No, not at people, not at people, uh, at this, and so some other things uh, that the guys. It's going to be a, it's going to be a wonderful night, and it's going to be our first time. On both of these, it's going to be our first time. So hey. I want you to do the work of inviting. We'll have uh, uh, stuff uh, here soon. It'll be available in that way, but uh, let's do the work of inviting. And then uh, as well, we have our major outreaches, Easter, Adventure Camp, Friend Day, Christmas, as well as the National Night Out. That's a wonderful time where we're able to really get into our community and, uh, and over at the police department and uh, be a part of what they're doing, but also just to reach out to our community. We have the Holiday at Home Parade uh, and all, all that that we continue just to reach, uh, reach out. Um, and then I, I, I want to put this in front of us. Uh, as we've been involved in, in church planning, I'd love for us to take two church planning uh, ministry trips this, this year. I'd love to get up to Dearborn, but that's, gonna, that's really going to require an overnight. Uh, but that's fine. Get up in De on Dearborn and help. We obviously want to continue to help uh, Brother Pete Davison uh, with that. But the 3030 conference that we uh, go to in, uh, in September, the Lord is continuing to stoke the fires in this, uh, this region. I appreciate the guys that went up with me uh, this, this, past, this past year, and we're a part of that and we'll go up again this, this year, but I believe with all my heart we need, to, we need to be a part of reproducing. An indigenous church is self-supporting, self-governing, and reproducing. We have a frontier that we have, not, we have not embraced, right? Are you with me? Grace Baptist Church has a frontier yet to be embraced. We have yet to reproduce, and we, by God's grace, will. And we, by God's grace, will, okay? And so these are the, well, friends, this is the brass tacks. This is where we are. We send people to the mission field to do what we have not yet done. If Grant Garber goes to the mission field and 38 years later there's no church planted, it's a problem. We ought to mourn. We have, we have ground to cover. And we think, oh, we, we got, we're all okay. I do believe that if we don't say yes to God in some of these areas, we're, we, could see, we could see the removal of a candlestick. You say, that's pretty, that's pretty. We are here for a purpose. Soul winning and making disciples and seeing the lost reach is our purpose. That is our, that is our purpose. And so as we think about that, I want to be engaged and I want to be around it. I want as many of you around, uh, those with a heart for church planning. We've been praying about Hilliard, Ohio, which is in that uh, two-hour radius. Uh, it's just about an hour away. And I would love to go over there and, and be a part of just reaching out in some neighborhoods over there. Uh, with some other churches that have a burden for that area. And if you want to go to the church planning conference uh, with us, that would be wonderful. And so uh, those are some things that are on my heart uh, as well. Uh, I want to see us publish two more uh, My Story videos. So if you are on the edge of, of publishing yours, you say, I see Miss Joanne's, I've seen, uh, seen others, but I, I want to get my story out there. Let's do it this year. Let, let, let's this be the year that you put your story into print and on video, and we can publish that and get your salvation story out there. 
Uh, every one of us should be writing down our story. We'll learn about that in January 22nd, but uh, I, I would love to see us on to publish two My Story videos and keep those going in the year to come. As well as a couple, uh, a couple uh, about a year and a half ago, we were praying about the God Bless America rally. I want you to pray about this. I'm not saying, uh, all these things are matters of prayer, okay? I want you to pray about this matter of the God Bless America rally uh, with Byron Fox, and I'd love to see come to our area a, an area-wide uh, evangelistic rally. And we call it God Bless America, but they just did one in Beckley, West Virginia. God marvelously worked over there, and that's a picture of uh, just earlier this year, uh, earlier 2021, and the God, God is working through these, as similar to what uh, Brother um, Visser talked about last, last week, the hope for America, and uh, we want to see that. I want to see that happen. And how many of you were with me at that meeting? I know Brother Grant was. Uh, were you there? And, uh, and we, we got with Brother, uh, Brother Gary was there at that meeting with Brother Fox, and we just need to pray. We need to pray about this. Keep it, keep it on your prayer list and ask God, and we'll, we'll make any advances that we possibly uh, can in that area. As well, and I want to just uh, touch on this. Uh, another thing I'm burdened about in just witnessing and reaching out into our area is, is the matter of digital, uh, digital uh, advertising and so on. Do you know in this past year, on 2021, Google put a review out um, of the most searches, the most searched item in 2021, and it had to do with this, um, uh, I need help, or I need, uh, I need to find healing, need to find healing. And I watched it, and I was very, very burdened as I watched it, because it was something like, something you would see in a missionary presentation until you got to the end. Uh, just the pain on people's hearts as they're going through life right now. And they're searching. You know where they're turning? They're not turning to God. They're turning to Google. Google has all the answers. And you know what Google's answer is at the end? The last screenshot? You know what Google's answer is? It's not turn to Jesus Christ. That's not what they're about. Their last screenshot is search on. Period. Search on. Search on. Just keep on searching. Just keep on searching. Search on. How sad. And something the Lord has been recently doing in my heart and, and leading me to groups of people that, that are harnessing the internet to really get to people who are in the midst of their crises. They're not going to come into church, but they're sitting on their couch searching on the, I'm depressed and I'm ready to kill myself. You know what I'd like to have pop up in front of them? There's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope. There's an answer. And you know what? I want us to pray about that. Pray that we will not dismiss or neglect, and I know that might not be everyone's, and maybe that's a little bit more top level, but I want you to pray about us using more and more of, of the digital to spread a wide net to catch those that are in our area that are, that are away from the Lord. You know how things pop up on your, your devices. It's kind of freaky, actually, but it is the age in which we live. And so uh, uh, we can harness that for the Lord, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Every man... Here, every woman here, every child here whose heart is right with God may be a soul winner. And God's people said, that's true, that's true. And so the winning of souls, we envision all of us experience victory in, this, uh, in our personal witnessing for Jesus Christ and becoming a spirit-filled soul seeker. But the second area that I want to um, bring to our attention is this matter of making disciples. Now, many times we, we try to divide this matter of being saved and being a disciple. Jesus wanted those that came to him to be his disciples. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 19. Matthew 28 and verse number 19. And I want us to catch a hold of what Jesus was saying here. And 
Matthew 28, verse number 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me, unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. And the word teaching there is the, the, the definition is to make disciples, to make disciples. Jesus' goal for us and his admonishment, his challenge to us was to go into all the world and to make disciples. That's, that is our job. We're to make them. How do we make them? We are to teach them to observe, not about the things that Jesus said, but we're to teach them to obey the things that Jesus said. We have to be obeying the things that Jesus said if we are going to teach others to obey the things that Jesus said. Are, are you with me? Amen. Amen. So we are to teach them to observe all things. And so along with this, our heart is, my heart, my prayer is, uh, we envision you recognizing yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ first. I will obey him whatever he says. I am a committed follower of Jesus Christ, and I will embrace my personal responsibility to make disciples, to make disciples. Now, we can go our whole lives without duplicating ourselves in someone else. That's not God's will. He wants us to make disciples. He wants you. That's not just, oh, by the way, there in Matthew 28 and verse number 18 through 20, is the promise that lo, I am with you always to you? Yes or no? You all with me? It's to you. Is not also the command to go and make disciples to you? We want his presence without obeying. We need, to, we need to have, we need to do what he's told us to do. He said, go and make disciples. Teach them. Teach them. So what does that mean? I, I need to get ready uh, for that. Uh, we cannot, as I said a moment ago, we can't have a different standard for our missionaries on the mission field. Well, listen, all of them on the mission field, they need to be doing it, but not here in America. No, no, no. We are to be doing the exact same thing. What if we sent a weekly up there, a monthly update letter to our missionaries? This is what we're doing. This is what the members of Grace Baptist Church are doing. It would be important that we, we are engaged in the same thing they're engaged in. And every one of us needs to be engaged in making disciples. You are a disciple that is to be making disciples. And so uh, my prayer is that God would burden our hearts. We would see uh, victory. Now, how many of you would say right there, that's kind of scary to me? You're not going to admit it. Okay, fine. Listen, he's the conqueror there. He's already conquered. You have the power that you need. With Jesus, you can go anywhere, right? Amen? So this is possible through him. Is this one of those areas that you need to say, Lord, I want to see you give me triumph. I want to experience your triumph in that area. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me, right? I can. I can even make disciples with his help. And so along with that, as we consider our goals as a church, some of these are, these are just uh, what we always do, but we're going to continue to do them. I want us to realize every guest that comes into this place, that comes searching, and when they come, they're searching for something. They're looking for something. Welcome 
and engage every guest that, um, that comes through our doors. We want to steward them. We want to welcome them in. You do well as, uh, as a church in welcoming guests, but we want to follow up on them. And part of the weekly soul winning time would be so, uh, someone taking a baked good to that guest and saying, thank you for coming to Grace Baptist Church, and we want to uh, invite you back. Do you have any questions? And be a part of following up with a guest. Every time a guest comes, they get a postcard from me, they get an email, and, and so on. But we want to we follow up with those guests. We can be a part of that. We want to introduce and implement Discovery Bible Study. I, I know that some of you have friends that do not know on Jesus Christ, but you could invite them into a Bible study where we're just kind of, we're just kind of studying about God together, about the Bible together, and it's not a discipleship lesson, but it's something we can just study uh, together to help them on towards on Jesus Christ. It's a seeker that just needs some help along the way. And so I want to I help us with that and give, uh, uh, give some resources into your hands. It might be a neighbor. It might be a family member. Hey, would you go through this Discovery Bible study? There's no, there's no strings attached. It's just simply, let's discover some things about the Bible and about God together, and I'll do my best to answer your questions um, and, and help them out in that way. So we want to introduce that and make that available uh, this year, uh, baptizing every new believer. That's Christ's mandate. We want to enroll everyone uh, who is saved, coming into Christ, and continue discipleship and everyone that has not yet um, been through uh, discipleship to as well enroll in Continue. Now, Continue is our program that we use. Discipleship is not a program. It is a relationship. It is a process. So we use Continue, though, as kind of a, tr a track to run on. It's, it's, uh, it's thoroughly biblical. It, is, it, is, uh, it, it meshes with our, our philosophy as a church. It is Baptistic. It is local church. It's a wonderful, wonderful um, piece of material, and we use that. And so I want everyone that is, has come to Christ and then those that have not yet been through the discipleship to know about it. We'll talk more about that throughout the year, but I want you to be thinking, I could I take somebody, could I meet somebody in my home or in their home and take them through on um, continue? Could we meet together like that? Well, you don't have to be a Bible college grad on graduate to do that. You know that? You don't have to be a pastor to do that. You know that? You can just be a person. You're all looking at me like, hey, we got to all do this, team. Far too long. I hear comments like this. I hear comments like this. Well, that pastor came to that church and he made the church grow. No, 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 no. The church growing is a group effort as we all obey the will and word of Jesus Christ. Don't you try to offload your responsibility on the pastor. We're all to be doing this together. My job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And so we have to do this together. There has to be a heart. Yes, I'm going to do that. I'm thankful for the group that is gathering together for the growth group to go through on discipleship. Some have never been through. Some have, you know, have been Christians for years, and they're just going through. Hey, they're going to be ready to do that. Later on this year, I hope to, um, to um, do a training session where we, we go through disciple, on discipleship, and I'll lay out, this is how we disciple. This is how we want, uh, we want to do it. As you come to that meeting, what should that meeting look like? This is how you do it. When you come up against this question, we'll go through that to try to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And then number five, to enroll each new believer in starting points. What is that? Does anyone know what starting points is? Okay, so uh, 
we, we welcome anyone who is new to our church and doesn't know about our church into starting points. Why do I do starting points? It gives me an opportunity to share the history of Grace Baptist Church, the values of Grace Baptist, the beliefs, our Baptist distinctives, as well as what it means to be a member of Grace Baptist Church. All those things I get to cover in that. I would like people to know what they're, uh, what they're becoming a member of rather than coming in, you know, oh, I didn't know you believed that. I, I would much rather them know what they're, <laughs> they're, they're a part of. So, as well, it gives them opportunities. Sometimes I do it one-on-one. Most of the time, I try to get a group together. This coming Sunday, we'll have a luncheon, and I'll do it all at, all at once. Sometimes I spread it out over three weeks, but uh, that, that is what we do in starting, uh, in starting points. So it's an introduction to the church, uh, it's history, it's values, and, and so on, and what it means to be a member. I want to help people out with that. That's what starting points. So we want to be encouraging people to be involved in starting points. And then number six, to enroll every member in a growth group. Everyone needs to be a part of a Sunday morning growth group. Every, everyone. There's three of them, and they're there to help us, to encourage us, to strengthen us. Everyone needs to be a part of that. We want to invite new people in into that matter. Number seven, to involve each member in regular ministry within the life of the church. Why? Because we're, we're channels, not, not containers. Right? We're channels, not containers. God gives you spiritual enlightenment he gives you truth so that you can give it to others and the bible says in first peter 4 10 as every man hath received the gift even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of of uh, the the manifold grace of god and so we want to we want to do that and lest you think that you being involved in discipleship is something i'll just leave that to somebody else every one of us can meet with somebody and encourage them in the faith every one of us can i get an amen there every one of us every one of us and we need to embrace that. It might be an area you just have to put aside. You, you say, God, I need you to, to help me through this. I'm going to trust and obey you, and I'm asking for you to give me that person. But God will, God will give you the victory if you will trust him. Um, I gave this illustration this morning in our, in our growth group time, and it was very interesting. But if you were to take a soul winner, and he won 1,000 people to the Lord every, every day, at the end of the year, how many souls would he have led to the Lord? 365,000, okay? If you take a, a, another person who led one person to the Lord and spent that year, spent that year just training them, mentoring them, helping them grow, get grounded in the truth, and so at the end of the year, how many would that person have? One plus himself. So now we would have two disciplers. We have two people. So this person understands that they're not just receiving this, they're receiving it to give it to somebody else. So the same commit thou to faithful men who should be able to teach others also, okay? So that's God's, God's pattern, all right? So it starts different. It, seem, it seems like there's a lot of success for the soul winner who's getting everyone saved, but he's not really doing anything to help ground them. So they're on, they're on their own. There's a bunch of people who say, I, felt, you know, I believed on Jesus, but they aren't really grounded. So at the end of two years, we have four disciples. At the end of 10 years, we still aren't on par. But if you fast forward as time goes on, the person that is following the Lord's mandate to make disciples is multiplying himself. And by the time we get all the way stretched out there, we have surpassed it enormously, like 10 million to 268 million. Now that's over time. Can you imagine if that's how we sought to win the world? Now there's many places that get all enamored. How many people you get to see saved? Really, how many disciples have you made? How many people have you grounded, helped ground in the faith? Are you all with me on that? You see the difference? You see why it's important? And the plan 
that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28, which is our church's theme verse, is still valid and important for us today? So we, we step back, well, you know, if we had this, the church would grow. If we had this, the church would grow. No, if we obey the Lord. And, and here's the thing. Growth is not our goal. Jesus is. But I want as many people to be saved as Jesus would allow, as he, as he would give, right? So by God's grace, we have to embrace this and, and put, aside, put aside thoughts, you know, it's, it, it doesn't work, doesn't, you know, not, not here. Let's just follow after Jesus and do what he told us to do and see what happens. That's what we ought to do. That's what we ought to do. So as we consider this, let's uh, remember that we are disciples. We're still on a journey, and so we're going to continue to grow forward. And uh, the sermon series that we're going to go through over this, uh, over this next year, some of them, we're going to go through Conquerors in Christ as we start out the year. Talk less, pray more. I, told, I, I said that <laughs> and nothing happens without prayer. There's no movement without prayer. So by God's grace, we're going to focus more on prayer this year and even understanding that, what that means in our lives. And yes, these are discipleship issues. Uh, we're going to look at triumphs of Christ. I'm, I'm burdened as we get into Acts chapter 18. Paul declared to the, to the uh, Corinthian believers that ca Christ caused him to triumph in everywhere his name was preached. Everywhere. So as we come to this last, this last section, if you will, of the book of Acts, I want us just to theme it around this matter, the triumphs of Christ. As he goes from city to city to city, and God's name is declared, and, and Jesus just keeps on triumphing. It's an amazing thing. So we'll, we'll do that, and then Titus on Sunday nights, healthy church, and we'll, uh, we'll continue to grow together in that way. There's special Sundays coming up, Revival Sunday with, uh, with uh, uh, Brother Mike Edwards, who's going to be our preacher in, in February. It's going to be a wonderful time. It'll be Sunday through Wednesday, and so I want you to put that down. He is a, he is a former pastor from the, the uh, Washington, D.C. area. He will bless your heart. He's a kind, he's a gentle man, and, and knows the Lord, walks with the Lord, and uh, it just has a heart in these days to... Uh, to encourage churches like ours, and so he'll be with us during that week. We'll host the independent, the Ohio Independent Baptist Fellowship of Preachers on that Tuesday. Brother Mike Edwards will speak to him, but um, preachers from around the state will be here, and, uh, and we'll be encouraged, and so we look forward to that. And then Baptist History Sunday, uh, July the 2nd, week, uh, Wellness Weekend, which is, an, uh, is, a, uh, is an, another just, uh, weekend that is dealing with issues of the mind, uh, Brother Harley Snowed, he and I went to India together. He will be speaking on that that weekend and the mission weeks as the Lord just continues to urge us forward in this way. And uh, I, I believe the Lord would have us to take more steps forward in the area of missions. And then just other uh, opportunities, the marriage retreat, the ladies retreat over at Wildwood. Uh, I want to encourage you about, um, about those. Those are all listed on the calendar. The junior and teen camps uh, there in July, the men and boys camp out and all the guys said, some of you, all the, well, we're going to have a good time, and, uh, and, and that'll be a blessing. And then the men's conference go back to, to Mansfield, and I hope that you can plan to be there and a part of that. And so these are, these are areas we need to grow forward in this matter of discipleship. Our own discipleship, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. But I know that you've told me I'm to make disciples, and so by your grace, I'm going to see you on win a victory there. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could see someone saved this year, and you could start meeting with them and helping them grow in the faith? Would you make that a matter of prayer? Would you make that a matter of prayer? All right, number three. Let me give you this. This, this statement has really captured my thinking 
I want to be a spirit-filled soul seeker that makes disciples who makes disciples. I wrote that down in my, my planner this year as something to live by. I want to be a spirit-filled soul seeker that makes disciples who make disciples. Just it. When I wake up tomorrow, I want to be a spirit-filled soul seeker. It starts with my family. I want to be a spirit-filled soul seeker that makes disciples who makes disciples. And I want that for us too. And that's my prayer. But then, as you see there in number three, preparing for the harvest. Preparing for the harvest. Turn to John chapter 4 and verse number 35. John chapter 4 and verse number 35. Are you still with me? You say, Pastor, this is a long vision, vision night. There's a lot in the heart. There's a lot that percolates. And I, I, I'm thankful for your attention. And uh, I, trust that, uh, I trust to use your time wisely in the next few moments. Preparing for the harvest. John 4 and verse number 35. If you're there, say amen. Say not ye, let's read it out loud together, say not ye, there are four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. They're white already to harvest. So Jesus sees a different picture. If Jesus was with us right now in this auditorium, and he is, amen? He is, amen? So he's here. If he's here right now, he'd say, hey, hey, Grace Baptist Church, I just want to remind you of something. That Kettering is ripe for the harvest. Well, hold up. We haven't seen it. No, the disciples didn't either. They walked by people. They would have walked right by that woman at the well. They would have. They wouldn't even have gone through that part of town. And Jesus rebukes them and reminds them, hey, don't say that the harvest isn't there. Listen, there is... Jesus put Grace Baptist Church in the city of Kettering. There is a harvest here. And I'm personally motivated in my own heart. God, I'm seeking God. God, I, I must see the harvest. I, I must see you, you do a work. I, I'm, I, I'm telling you, you think, well, pastor, uh, how's it working for you? I, I'm witnessing everywhere I possibly can. As I go by houses that I've, I've worked with, I, I'm praying for them. I'm texting them. I'm going after them as much as I possibly can. I'm sowing the seed everywhere. God's going to have to give the increase. He's going to have to do it. By God's grace, I don't want to be delinquent in sowing the seed. And I want us to realize there is a harvest here. There are hungry hearts that are turning to this thing and that thing. And they think they have it all down. They don't. They don't at all. Oh, there is such a need right now for us to envision ourselves reaping the harvest that is, is there. And so here's what I want, I want us to understand. This is my prayer. That we would envision making ministry and building adjustments and preparations for, by faith not because we see it. Not because we see it. This is not the time. Listen, this is right now when churches are shutting their doors, they're closing down services, pastors are saying, we're done. People aren't coming back to church. And right now, God is not telling us to, to close back. You know what? Let's just hang on until the rapture. No way to, no way to see the kingdom advance right now. Nope, not right now. It's, don't you know it's a dark winter don't you know? And we have believed it. And here's how it goes. Well, we don't have very many people around. That's how it goes. 
That's how it goes. Friends, there is a harvest, and perhaps we need to start preparing like there's a harvest. The, the, the farmer goes out there. He tends the soil. He, he works it, and he goes back to his barn, and he fixes it, and he, he, he breaks down the barn, and he, he enlarges it so he can get more stuff inside of there. He prepares for the harvest. And so many times we say, well, you know what? There's nothing to prepare for. We'll just sit back. That can go. Do you know the children of Israel did this? They walked around the, the foundation of the temple for 15 years. Discouraged. No reason to build it. And then Haggai comes along. What are you doing? You all build your houses. You all keep your schedule filled. But you're not doing the things of the Lord. And so the, the evangelist Haggai comes along and says, hey, hey, it's time to stir up and get busy about the things of the Lord and build his house again and go after it again and, and be about the Lord's work again and, and really put some priority in the things of the Lord. And, and then Ze uh, Zechariah comes along and as the pastor, he kind of says it like this. Hey, listen, you're all kind of uh, stunned by this and, and you, don't, you don't know what to do. And he says, listen, it's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power, your power and your might. It's going to be by my spirit saith the Lord. And you know what? They built the temple. It's time for Grace Baptist Church to stop looking around saying, well, you know what? We're, we'll never. I heard years ago, and I'll never forget it. Someone told me, they've been a part of this church for many, many years, said this church will never grow because we live in a Catholic area. You know what that is? Straight from Satan. If Jesus would have been standing there in that moment, get thee behind me, Satan. It is time to stop thinking about Grace Baptist Church from our limited perspective and start saying we have a big God who wants to reach the city for God. There are people who are dying. I just went, friends, maybe you need to go to a suicide. Maybe you need to roll up on a scene where a family's crushed because their, their child hung themselves. Maybe you need a wish that, boy, I just wish that someone from Grace Baptist Church would have gotten there and asked them, could I help you? Could I give you the gospel before they hung themselves and went to hell? Maybe we need to see something like that before we, before, and then we would start saying, you know what, there's, there's something we're to be about here. It is not just coming, coming to church and sitting in this auditorium is the bare minimum of Christianity. It is. I'm not against you. I'm preaching at myself as much as you, but I, we must go after this. And there are some ministry adjustments that we need to make, one of them being prayer. I ask you to be a part of Wednesday night. Wednesday night as we gather together, I'm going to do my very dead level best with God's help to teach us in this matter of, of prayer. And, and it was Leonard Ravenhill that said this, a true church lives and moves and has its being in prayer. Ian Bounds, a man that wrote much in prayer, says the church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but flows through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men. Men of prayer. And perhaps before we say, there is no harvest, we ought to hit our knees and say, God, I don't know where the harvest is, but I ask that you lead me to it, and I ask that you give me a heart every time I come to church to grow in my desire to reach that harvest. We must reach this community. 
Can you imagine our standing before God to have people even around this neighborhood who have not yet come to the Lord Jesus Christ and they live within, within shouting distance of our church. One of the men of our church has taken upon him on Sunday nights to go to every door around this, 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 uh, the, the church, all 50 doors right around the church and knock on them and give them the gospel. He said, this pastor, is that all right? I said, praise God. Now make sure you take somebody with you so you train them how to do it. But we need to have a heart for that. And by the way, I'm just thankful that someone didn't have to be coaxed along in this matter. This is, this is on his heart. Well, I'm going to do this. Let's have this idea. We're going to go forward, and, and all of it's going to have to happen through prayer. As we have prayer with God, we will gain confidence. Before every single major movement of Jesus Christ in his ministry, he sought God in prayer. Every time the church of God would go forward in power, it sought God in prayer all the way throughout the book of Acts. All the way. It was prayer. They prayed and they had power. Oh, how we need to pray. Not just over needs, but we need to fill our list with people that need salvation. We need to be spiritually minded. What are we really here for? And pray after that and seek the Lord. One of the areas that I feel like we need to make some preparations in. And, uh, and, and we have a bus that is sitting out there that, is, that, that we got on before COVID. And we asked God to fill that bus. And we saw it as a potential, and so we were okay then. Because we were filling both buses and we needed another one, so we bought it. And then COVID happens. And our numbers dip. Well, I guess God can't fill that bus anymore. Did we pray that God would fill? It's all right. Cell phones go off. It's fine. It's fine. We all feel your pain. I have it happen up here. We love you just the same. So listen, here's a bus that's moldy on the outside, fungus, chipped. We don't, we don't send that out like that. That's not a good representation of Christ. We need to paint that thing and get it ready to move. It's not ready to move now. It's not licensed. It's not ready to move. But you know what? I sure feel like Hey, Lord, we want you to fill that bus. Oh, yeah? It's been sitting there for a year and a half. It's like a foundation of the temple. You know, we just keep on pumping capacity, you know, putting, putting kids on the other buses. You know, along with that, we're going to need some more drivers to drive that bus. You know, we don't, we don't drive a bus for Sunday morning. There's some people that would like to come to church on Sunday morning. We need to drive a bus. But I believe we need to get this bus taken care of and get it ready, get the lights running, get it, uh, get it ready and taken care of. And so as we consider that, that is something that's right out there in, in front of us. You say, well, it takes money. What is money when God is the conqueror? Now, I'm not being flippant about that, but does God have the ability to provide? Did we pray on that bus? Yes, we did. We did. We prayed on that bus. Uh, I want us to uh, be uh, focusing towards that. And so uh, there might be some, uh, some need to get some guys, get some guys in, engaged in that. We'll do some quotes, but uh, there, are, there are ways that we can, uh, we can do that in an economical way, in a, a good-looking way, but we want to we get that taken care of. To conduct a feasibility study uh, on our property. Right now we have 5.5 acres 
that we sit on as a church. I, the guys helped me out. Thank you guys for helping me out with that number. All right, Brother Mike. Uh, so we, we sit on 5.5 acres as a, a church. Uh, we have a whole vacant property. How many of you all realize we own that piece of property out there? Right, the ball field beyond the berm? So we own that piece of property where the coal clash happens and all that. So we own 5.5 acres, okay? We have this, this facility. Do you realize that this, this auditorium holds, if you're packed, no one would want to be packed in here at 200. I've seen 217 in this auditorium, and it was seats in the aisle. By the way, uh, do you remember what happened last Easter? Seats in the aisle? Seats in the aisle? The potential's there, friends. It really is. Uh, whether you see it right now, you need to just believe God. The, the, potential, the potential's there. We can grow in every area of this building except this room. There is a law, there is a rule that people understand in buildings and making them for people that once you hit 80% capacity, you will bump it and you will come back down. You will bump it and you will come back down. You will bump it and you will come back down. Because people become uncomfortable. Even this morning, I noticed how people, um, people sit. There is an uncomfortability. Whether you, you see a lot of empty, uh, empty spots, but it happens. And you bump that. So 80% of 200 is 160. We have, we're up there right before COVID. We come back down. We bumped that for 38 years. You know what? Winning souls and making disciples is what brings people here. But I contend that there's some need to adjust some things in this auditorium to make sure that we're ready to, um, to use it to its maximum. I do believe someday, and I'm praying this way, that the Lord would allow us to expand and build another building. And maybe turn this, thank you, it's getting lonely up here, uh, and maybe turn this back into a family life center. This used to be a gym. Well, wouldn't it be awesome to have a gym to run some kids' programs in and some team things? Wouldn't it be awesome, Brother Caleb, to have a gym and have basketball hoops there and, and, and be able to have dinners in here and that type of stuff? Wouldn't it be awesome to have this, uh, you know, take out the stage and get the stage back here so that we could, we could address a whole audience? Couldn't you imagine just um, filling this up on Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas, uh, things like that? Couldn't you imagine that? Wouldn't that be awesome? maybe a, a building out, out there. But you know what? That's a little bit down the way. There's some phases that we need to go through in order to get there. And one of the things that I, I am praying about and I have already met with is this matter of a feasibility study because we don't want to just take shots in the dark. Well, I think this will work. I think this will work. We want to understand how our property can be used to the glory of God. Buildings don't change lives. What happens in them does. Okay? And a church that is going to grow is going to be in transition. There is going to be some transition. One of the transition points that we need to turn is, is we do not need to idolize this room. And I'm going to say that until I get some amens. We do not need to idolize this room. Okay? We need to understand that this room is a place where God's word is proclaimed, but this room needs to be adjusted to maximally fill it. I see it every Sunday morning. I come out. All of you, it, you prove to me that you can sit right here in the center section willingly and I'll say we'll not have a problem. But you don't. And you know where the guests, you know where the guests are left to sit? Right there. And you know what they say? I don't know, I don't think I'm going back there next Sunday because, you know, that's just, it was really uncomfortable. I have kids and I, it's just not really, uh, it's uncomfortable. Do not idolize these pews. They're simply chairs. 
So as I, you can all say amen, help me out here, come on. So I've been talking with a, a group that works with churches that, that does site planning. What this is, this is not blueprints, this is site planning to overview the piece of property. How can we, here's the vision of the church, here's the ministries of the church, how can we best have the facility that is shaped and oriented to best and effectively carry out the vision of the church? Okay, so one of those, one of those areas is this. One of those areas is this. Praise the Lord! I wasn't pre- preaching for that, but... Lead the way. There you go. All right, that's action. That's action right there. Okay, so... Thank- beautiful. All right. I, I love you guys. All right, so listen. Listen, let, let's finish this thought here. So, a site plan. It will cost us some money. But I want to know, before I, I say, let's do this to the auditorium, I want to know that it's the best step, that it's not hampering us for a future step. Are you with me? Does that make sense? So it costs a little bit. Brother Grant, you understand this in business? A little bit. It, it, you, you, you make a plan all the way. None of us are expert church builders or have done that for, for a year. We'll, we'll have some people help us out with that. But that, that will help us to know where we're going. I need to know where we're going as a church. I need to know what's five and ten years down the road. Theoretically, from, from a human standpoint, obviously placing those things in the hands of God. So what that would allow us to do is to plan for auditorium improvements to ensure maximum use. I uh, have a chair out there tonight. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Okay, now listen, I know some of you are not fans of it, but I want you to pray about this. That's, that's fine. Understand statistically, as studies are done, you will fill an auditorium up more effectively with chairs than with pews. You will get more percentage of use out of an auditorium. Why? Because right now, if I were to come down this, this aisle as a, as, as a member, excepting you guys tonight, <laughs> I'd look down, you know what? I think there's about space for two more people there. No, there's actually a lot more space right there. And so why? Because there's clearly divided lines. And so what, what becomes, what, what looks like there's just space for a few might be space for five or six. Now the other thing is, you know, it's really nice to have an, an, an aisle down the center or to shape the auditorium how you need. There's dead space right here. There's also a pretty large stage. I don't really need this whole stage to preach from. There's some other areas that, that we can pull in and there would be some help with that, with the site planning. We would, get, uh, we would get a plan that would help us to understand how can we effectively use this while we allow God to grow as we're obeying him, soul winning and making disciples, as we're obeying him and doing what he's told us to do, we're preparing this for the, the most use. Well, we don't have that growth yet. Hold on. We're preparing by faith for God to fill it. Do you remember what, what would have happened to the widow who went and got the, on the jars? And she says, well, you know, I only need two. That's all God's going to fill. Well, that's all that she would have gotten. But her faith was she went across town and asked for all these different vessels, and God filled every single one of them. You say, well, it doesn't happen that way. Again, our goal is Jesus, not growth. Amen? Our goal is Jesus, not growth. But I'll tell you, it happens over and over as people will step out, churches step out by faith. God will bless the faith. So would you go with me on a little bit of a journey? 
and say, yeah, pastor, I, I, think, I think they'd get behind this matter of, the, of planning. It, it would be important for us to know, what else would God want us to do here? We haven't built on this property in, in, in 38 years. We haven't had to. And, and there, there, is some, there is some ground that we could cover. There's some places we could go. And it's not just as so that Grace Baptist would have more glory or anything. It's we want to use what God has given us to its, its greatest potential. We want to use it all. We don't want to stay stagnant. Stagnant things actually kind of die. We want to go forward. And so I'm asking you to, 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 to go along with that. Along with that, we have street parking that we're able to use, but no one wants to walk up the grass. We have limited capacity in our parking lot right now. There are Sundays, that Easter Sunday, we, we jammed the parking lot. There was not one more seat, one more space out there. So what happened? People had to park down the street. Wouldn't it be awesome to have the stairs back down to the street again? Saying to Kettering and all those that go by, many cars by the way, hey, we're actually open up here. Come on up. Come on up the front door. Our home's open. You know what? I think there was a time where we, we thought, well, it's too expensive, to, too expensive to fix that. And so we just pulled them out. And I think we unintentionally, I say this, I'm not slapping anybody, I think we unintentionally closed our door to the front. And we sent a silent message. It's going to cost some money to put some concrete down there. But along with that site plan, we'd talk, we'd talk a little bit about that. And then future expansion. What, what down the road, there would be some phases that would be laid out for us. So the tune of that, that site plan is about $7,600. You say, whoa, that's all I want you to do is pray. That's all I want you to do. If you have more questions, ask. We're not, we're not, I'm not, we're not sending an order next week. We'll, we'll do this together as a church. Friends, we'll do this together as a church. All right? I, I'm not, not a dictator. I'm just sharing a vision with you. I'm asking you to pray along with me. And, and so as you have questions, let's talk them through and, and go on together. And then I want to say this. Uh, as we continue to try to save money, the Lord willing, we, uh, we look forward to saving some money in the matter of uh, uh, insurance as God, as God wills. But along with that, there is going to be need to adjust some things, especially with, um, with our camera system. And to update that, there's uh, some needs there just for uh, security, but in the, in the classrooms, especially down the West Wing and on the buses. And so that's a, that's a, uh, that's a goal this year uh, to adjust and just really make sure that we are uh, staying, uh, staying fully accountable, and it, especially in the matter of our, our handling kids. And so that's, that is going to cost um, some money, but it is something that really does need to happen uh, this year. And then... Uh, this one is like Mount Everest to me, but God can do it, and it is our roof. Our roof is going to need to be replaced in time. Now, I, I see that as, as a little bit down the road. Uh, there's, there's talks that we could probably get five years out of it. We, we should make it last as long as we can. But to replace the roof on that, does anyone want to have a guess? 147000 before inflation. So it's an expensive, it's an expensive, it's a lot of shingles up there, uh, but it's, it, the, they're coming to the end of their lifespan. So I want to begin setting aside, we do have some money set aside for that, I want to begin setting aside money to take care of that. Can God? Can God? Yeah. 2019, did we pay off the mortgage? Did God? He's got this. He's got this. Let's not, let's not back off on, on because, well, it, it costs. We, we, 
what do you want us to do? What's in front of us is a need. God, with your grace, we're going we're gonna to do it. And so we pray about it. We commit it to prayer. Um, down the, the west wing, uh, if you'll notice down there, there's, there's the, the old asbestos tile. As long as it's down and not, you're not agitated, it's, it's fine, but it's the old tile. And I'd really like to get it taken care of. We've talked about it for years, but this would be something that men could uh, get together and uh, install uh, but I'd love to see that vinyl, that vinyl wood flooring down there and, and just a nice, uh, beautiful, uh, dark wood look uh, down there and just keep on putting some attention to the children's wing. Uh, there's families with children all over our community. And you need to come in here and, and see that we're protecting them. Our, our people are background checked. We have cameras. We are taking care of things. We're on top of things. And we want to keep on putting money. That is a worthwhile investment. It's a small, low-hanging fruit, especially compared to that roof, right? We, we can do that. Okay, so guys, we, we need some help in, in laying that, but I believe that the Lord would be honored in, in that. And to, um, to install in the play, uh, a play area in update room 106, room 106 and twos and threes, uh, we are at a, a law in our, in our children, nursery and, and, and so on. We're at, a, we're at a law. We have, you see up here, we have a good group up here, but I want, to, I want to constantly, hey, when people come in, what do they see? Well, we'll get around to it when you decide to come. Right? When you, when you bring your two-year-old here, we'll, we'll, we'll get around, then we'll do it. No, that's not preparing for, for God to bring in the blessing. Let's by faith. As God allows us to do this, obviously he has to provide, right? right? He has to take care of that, so let's do that by God's, by God's grace. And so uh, <clears throat> as we think about that, we do have a playset that we already bought uh, secondhand, and it's ready to go inside that closet and make that area where they can get their wiggles out. Amen, Miss uh, Farmer. I know you have the, the young ones. Get their, their wiggles out. And so uh, they can do it in there and theme the room around Noah's Ark. This is one of the last frontiers in, 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 of the children's wing uh, is that room. And so that would be a, a great blessing. And we're almost done here. I want us uh, to notice, uh, how many of you have been inside the mission room? Okay. Inside the mission room is a two-bedroom apartment just down this hall. It saves us much on hotel bills. By the way, the Shaws have opened up their home for us to use while they've been in West Virginia over and over and over again. Over and over. Yeah, go, just, just go move in there. Okay, so um, if you haven't seen it, you're welcome to go down there and look at it. Um, and in fact, I'd love for you to go look at it. And we, I'd be happy to open it up right after the service. You can go down there and look at it. So this is where we house guest speakers and, and so forth, and it saves us hotel bills. But it's a two-bedroom apartment that really could be three. How many of you go and enjoy staying in one of those hotel rooms that has two beds? Like, with some, you know, like come stay? No, no, we just don't do that. We don't, especially if we have a, a traveling group, like an ensemble or something like that. It doesn't allow the room to be fully used. I'd like to see, and this would be so easy for a few guys to do with a plan, to put a, a partition and break that room in half so you have two queen beds on bed so you actually have three bedrooms in there. The carpet needs replaced in there. It needs, and Mrs. Betry said, it needs replaced. It just needs replaced. It needs to happen. And people come in and use this for the glory of God. This is one of the ways, even when we do not support a missionary, it is honestly one of the ways I can tell a missionary hey, if you're coming through Dayton, stop at Grace Baptist Church, we'll save you a hotel bill. 
We don't even support them. I, I've said that to many people. And by the way, Mrs. Betry and Joanne team together to clean. Someone else, if we could get someone else to help, uh, help out with that, that ministry, it is a ministry. It doesn't, sometimes it, when it rains, it pours, and there's a lot of people that come through and so forth. Other times it's, you know, it, it's not much, but it is a ministry, and it's something that God has given us and just to bless and really help out the gospel in a different way. I was saying the shawls have opened up theirs. When they come back, Lord willing, we're praying. I'm working on one guy right, right now, just urging him to, to follow what I believe to be the Lord. <laughs> I can't call him there, but I've talked with him. But Pastor Shaw really wants to get back. He's, he's struggled more with his health. He really wants to get back. Pray for him. But when they come back, we won't be able to use that as much. We will, we will help them with some of the utilities, and we're going uh, to make sure that we help them with the utilities that we've helped, just make sure that we're not taking advantage of that. But they have helped in a, in a large way over the past couple of years as they've been in West Virginia. Their house is just a mile away. And then one last thing to update the, uh, the lobby mission center out here, the blue wall that we've walked by. And you know there's a blue wall out there? Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to, it's just, a, it's a small update, but I'd like to update it and really get that a uh, little bit more focused, have a couple of highlighted missionaries there and, uh, and make it a little bit more clean uh, to match the rest of, of style and so forth. Matthew 9:38. pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest field. There is not a shortage in the harvest, there's a shortage of laborers. And right now, as you might feel, Lord, this is overwhelming to me, I don't know how, would you commit to pray for laborers for the harvest? There are, there are laborers. I believe right now, I will be preaching uh, at a Bible college here in a couple weeks, I believe right now there are, there are young men who need to come here and need to get involved in the ministry and that, that don't have a place to go yet and need to get involved. There are laborers. Would you pray for them? Would you pray for them? Wouldn't you like to see uh, some people come that, that, that are, that are going to be the next church planning pastor? Wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I would. I would. And listen, there are laborers out there. There are, do you know the need of the lost can be met through the lost? There are people, if we will win to Christ this year and disciple them, there are going to be the answer to winning other people to Christ who we could never reach. We have to do the first thing. Soul winning, winning souls, making disciples, preparing for the harvest. Let's say that together. Soul winning, making disciples, preparing for the harvest. One more time, a little louder. Soul winning, making disciples, preparing for the harvest. There's my heart. And I know I've taken time to, to lay all that out, and I, I, thank you, I thank you for that. So as we consider uh, this tonight, our goal this year is to radically increase our understanding and experience of conquering through Christ over sin and every obstacle. Right now, I see some obstacles in our, in our ministry, practically, that need to be overcome. God, would you provide for that? You know what the Lord provided for this year? Painting. We put a new steeple on with a cross. Yes! Man, that blesses my heart every time I see that. By the way, the wrong color came. They didn't paint it. I got word this week that the new steeple is, another new steeple, is coming in the right color. So it'll be the color of the building, which it was supposed to be, and they just remade it, and they're going to take that one back down. So anyway, pray that that all goes together. Uh, so anyway, God took care of that. He put rocks all the way around the building. Isn't that beautiful? 
isn't it just clean when you pull up? The parking lot is beautiful. The guys that have been doing the lawn, beautiful. Hey, it looks like something's happening here, and you can only imagine how beautiful some white concrete down from the front of the doors all the way down to the street is going to look and, and welcoming people up. What a blessing. We were able to put the, the sign faces in, so it's blue, um, blue there at the sign, and you come up the driveway, welcome to church. There's guest parking ahead, and, and there's a lot of things that God allowed us to do in this year, not the least of which is touching many different hearts and, and staying open, being one of the churches that's open in town. You think that's a small thing. Churches are going woke right now. The conversations that I'm having with people, even city leaders who are, are exasperated, people, um, people that are running for office in our state that are exasperated with the wokeness of churches. There is a harvest coming, friends. There is a harvest coming. I see it out ahead. We must, we must win souls. We must make disciples, and we must prepare for that harvest. You may not see it now. There's a harvest coming. There's a harvest coming. Listen, I'll tell you what. It's happening in other places in the world. The pressure is causing people to turn to God. Well, let me tell you, as he talks about a dark winter of death for all you, there is going to be more and more pressure coming down the pike. They have not stopped. They have not stopped. They will run this horse all the way down. They're going to keep merging variants and doing all this stuff. As long as people still will believe them, they're going to keep on going all the way down this track. I'm not making light of the fact that there is sickness out there. I already told you it hit me personally this past week. I understand that. But they're going to run this horse, and what they're doing with it is they're using it as a tool of fear. There is more pressure coming. Men have to turn somewhere when they're at the bottom. When the United States gets to the bottom, I want to be standing ready. When Kettering's standing uh, at the bottom, I want to be standing ready to say, come here. Come here, and we might have to not meet here. We might have to meet somewhere else because they won't let us meet here, whatever. Who cares where we have to meet? But as long as God gives us this building, let's make it useful to the glory of God. Are you with me? So let's, let's pray, um, pray about this. Friends, all that I've shared with you is absolutely impossible without God. It is totally impossible. And I'm asking that you pray with me. That's the most important thing, that we pray, pray together uh, on this matter. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, finish off tonight with just a, a, a few short minutes of prayer together. I'm going to have everyone um, break up and you find, uh, find some partners, and I want you to simply commit these things that we've heard tonight in prayer. I want you to pray about it. Just ask the Lord, would you lead us forward? Would you help our pastor? Would you help us stay unified? Help us not to get divided or anything. So we make some adjustments. Help us, uh, help us to, to stay focused on Jesus Christ, not on growth, not on growth, but on Jesus Christ. Let's make him preeminent. And as we pray along, listen, God wants to continue to do more. We have children coming up. You saw all these children here. Listen, in the next 10 years, I want to be sending some of these kids to the mission field. I want to be sending them off. They give them a heart, but they got to see it happening here. This is the proving ground for the ministry and for those young people. This is the training ground. The church was the training ground for Timothy. Listen, we got to be about this matter. We're not, we're not just, you know, some sideshow here. This is, this is what God is doing in this city. I'm going to have you break up. I'm going to tell you this. A couple years ago, well, during COVID, I was sitting up in this baptistry area because it leaked with a man that was, was looking at the church. And 
He says, what do you run here? Everyone asks that question. And for a preacher on a bad day, that is the worst question in the world to ask. It is the worst question. It, will, it, 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 it shouldn't be, but it, it, it is. Because it's just like this little go, you know, let's find, it's, it's, like, it's like guys that ask about, uh, you know, what do you do? Well, I am a, you know, I'm a carpenter. Well, I'm a doctor, so trump that. You know, like, you, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just kind of one of those, uh, it's just an interesting question. So he asked it, and I wasn't doing real well. I was discouraged, and I wasn't doing real well. And I just, leaky baptistry, water everywhere, mo- you know, some mold that we needed to take care of, and, you know, it was frustrating. And so I, I said, you know, sometimes, you know, I said, we run about, you know, and at that time it was, it was about 120 or something, and, and I, I said that to him, and, and I said, you know, sometimes this building, he's a construction guy, sometimes this building just feels like a noose. It's just so, so uh, maintenance-heavy. You know, there's times where, you know, this needs to be done. I see that problem, the squeaky, squeaky door, and, you know, the door slam. You know, they just, you, you, you feel all that. And we used to have a maintenance man that, you know, all, all the time, full-time, and we don't. When Ashby left, boy, boy, it was like, goodness gracious, well, uh, you know, Pastor, I, I, I put maintenance things down in my, you know, my list sometimes, and I praise the Lord for Brother Frank. He is, he's been such a big help um, in, in just jumping in and, and taking care of many of those issues and, and so forth. And so I, I just said, you know, sometimes it feels like a noose. Well, he just kind of bristled and, and just really, I don't know, the whole rest of the conversation. We walked the attic. We were looking everywhere. He was doing a full review of the building. And, and so, uh, so we get down to the teen room, and he's in there, and he goes, uh, he goes, um, what would happen if I, uh, I dropped a cuss word in your auditorium? Would you be offended? I said, well, I mean, it's between you and God. And so, I mean, that's, he, he's your judge, not me. And so he goes, well, you might be offended, but so wasn't the Holy Spirit when you said that about your building. I'm telling you, it got real right there in that, in that room. So, we walk up here and we finish up our, our time and I sit there and he sits here and for the next hour and a half while someone else waited on another appointment, a man from a different denomination challenged me like I've never been challenged before and I wept. He told me that day, he says, this isn't he had been from the area, and he had seen God work in, in past years in this city, but he said on that day, he said, listen, this isn't, this isn't just a noose. This isn't just a, a burden. He says, this is ground zero for what God wants to do in this city. And I don't know who that guy, I, I know who he is, but I don't, I don't know all about him, and I don't know all that he believes and all, all that, but all I know is God sent some contractor in here to rebuke me. Days after that, I come down, down Dorothy Lane, and I'm driving in, and I, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for looking into this building like, boy, it's just restricted, and you know, we, we, we can grow here, and we, we can't grow there, and, and so forth. I'm sorry for looking at it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just do what you want with it. And just gave it to the Lord. I started coming into the building with thinking, well, thank God for this building. Thank God for this building. Over this past year, you might not realize how much of a difference, it, 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 how much it means to me that rock is down out there, that the parking lot is taken care of, and that this building is painted. Do you realize we've had a guest come into this, on this place and says, I don't know what you guys did to this place, but something's very different about it. Well, I so said, we painted it. 
but just says something. Well, I'm trying to convey to you, this is not a little matter to me. I believe with all my heart that our church has stood on a threshold. God has given us a beautiful piece of property. We can take another step by faith. We can prepare. And by God's grace, let's do that. I didn't intend to just share that with you, but that still means a lot to me. There's been one other scenario where I had someone talk to me and just challenge me in the last year. They sat in this auditorium. They said, this is only a third of what God wants to do in this place. And over and over, God has sent people into my life to just confirm, God has more for this church if we'll obey him. So by, my heart is, and you need to pray for me, that I'll obey the Lord. And to the best of my ability, I wrote these things down, and I was nervous to share it with you. There it is. And I love our church. I love what God is doing here. I love services like this morning. God's worked miracles in this church just this week in changing people's lives. God is working here. And we got to believe it no matter what the circumstances are. Would you divide up right now? I think this is the fitting way to end. Just divide up, find groups of two or three, and let's pray together.